Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint today on expedition in Kotova in West Africa. We're in the administrative capital city. It's called Yamasukro. It's uh, in the south-central part of the country, far away from the crashing Atlantic and uh, far away from the deserts, which are farther up north in Africa on a broad plain. And with us today are two people who now call this home. This is where they have planted their family, and their names are Bobby and Jenny. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Uh, We're glad to be here. And the Bobby and Jenny have very different uh, places of origin, and they have come together and have created a family and are experiencing a kind of calling to a life's work that has brought them here to Africa. When we come back, we want you to have a glimpse of this story that changes lives. Bobby, thanks for being with us today on Viewpoint. Yes, thank you, uh, Jim, for having us. Now, Bobby, where is your original home place? When you were growing up, where were you? I grew up in the northeastern part of India, in the state of Meghalaya, in the city called Shillong. So what would be your language at home, your first language? My first language is Kasi, uh, back in uh, Meghalaya, India. So you speak Kasi, but now you're speaking English to me. Yes, I am. <laughs> and are there any other languages in your pocket full of uh, linguistics? Yes, uh, I also speak Hindi and Jaintia. Uh, Jaintia is another tribal language. And recently, I, in the last couple of years, I've been learning French, and so I also speak some French. I often say that multilingual groove is the mark of genius, I'm already persuaded. And you're learning French because you live here in Cote d'Ivoire. Yes. And French is the official language of this place, even though there are tribal languages also. Yes, that's correct. And right next to you is your beautiful wife, Jenny. And Jenny, where is your place of origin? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Oregon. Oregon, in the United States. Yes. Ah, not far from the place where I grew up. Correct. (laughs) A beautiful part of the world, shall we say. And uh, how long did you live in Oregon? I lived there until I went off to college. So at that point, I moved to Anderson University. Anderson University, which is in Indiana. Yes. All right. So now here I am on a beautiful veranda with a cool breeze blowing through the Bougainvillea, which is suspended across the lanai. And I'm talking to a gal who grew up in Oregon and a guy who grew up in Northeast India. And they married and here they are. Whoa, there's so much in that backstory. How did you meet each other? We actually met in the airport in Calcutta. Uh, I was in India doing an internship for my MAIS, Master of Arts in Intercultural Service, through the School of Theology in Anderson. And so Bobby and I met um, just prior to my internship there. You had some common friends. Yes, I was in uh, seminary with Bobby's cousin, so we kind of connected through him, and then we just stayed so in touch. So it wasn't just a random pass by in the airport in Calcutta, Not where it was love random. at first sight. <laughs> no, <laughs> there was a little bit more backstory, but yes. in the end, here you are. Yes. So, Bobby, how long have you been married? Uh, been married for seven and a half years now. And you have two really, really beautiful, precocious children. I know I've been a witness. Tell me about them. Uh, our son, he, he's the oldest. He is four years old. Uh, he'll be five in May. And he's full of energy. He's a, he is a boy. And we have uh, our daughter, Reese, and she will be eight months old this month. And they're both just delightful. And uh, it's been my privilege to sit at the dining table with them and always good company. Uh, thank you. But when we come back, I want to ask you about Cote d'Ivoire. Because here your lives from different parts of the world, a family born and growing together, has found itself here in a very different environment that either of you have known before. 
and it's a great story. Bobby and Jenny come from different parts of the world, and now they live in Cote d'Ivoire. Yamasucro, it's a capital city here in this country. Tell me about Cote d'Ivoire. How long have you been here? When did you first come? We first arrived in Cote d'Ivoire in January of 2015. Uh, we were here for two years, and then we returned back to the States uh, for a year, and now we're back for another two years. And give me your first impression. Someone growing up in India, someone growing up in the United States, in the Pacific Northwest, landing here in West Africa in your first visit, what comes to your mind? What's your memory of it? Well, I still remember the first evening that we got into Abidjan. It kind of reminded me a little bit of India, some parts of India, so the way the traffic is and a lot of people in the big city. So It's that quite was crowded. My- Congested. Yes, very congested, yes. And so that was my first impression. I was like, I feel like I'm back in India in some ways. Felt like home in a way then. Yes, it did. How about Jenny? What did you feel when you landed? I, I found it to be a very vibrant place. The people are very lively, lots of beautiful colors, uh, very alive. And the climate here is uh, tropical? Yes, All year warm. long? You're not worried about snow or, or keeping your kids in earmuffs? No, no hats, no coats. So lots of hot weather, lots of tropical flowers and vegetation, a vibrant culture, lots of colorful dress. I mean, did you love it from the first? We did. We found some really unique and amazing things about the culture that we've fallen in love with. And for all of the uh, beautiful things here, what would you say is one of the great challenges of living in Cote d'Ivoire? I think the, one of the challenges that we have personally faced is with our children, because there's not a very good uh, medical or uh, advanced medical center here. So if our children were to get really sick, we would have to go to Abidjan, which is about two and a half hours away for a good hospital. So that's something that we is challenging for us. If something were to happen, what we would what would we do? You have to think about your family yes. and your children. Which brings me to the question then, why? What brought you here? We both felt calls to cross-cultural ministry when we were single before we even ever met. Um, And I actually served in Tokyo, Japan for three years when I was single. And um, so we just have felt a really strong sense of call that the Lord called us to cross-culturally serve. And it it worked out for us to come to Cote d'Ivoire just because of what the national leaders here had asked for in missionaries, uh, what they had uh, asked for us to come and do to teach and to work with the Children of Promise program. So we just felt like uh, the Lord really placed us here to meet the, the need of what the national church had asked for. So what I'm hearing you say, Jenny, actually, is that your faith is an important part of your journey in life and that for many years you felt like the Lord you serve was working in you to open up your horizons beyond home and to work cross-culturally. And that there are a group of believers here in Cote d'Ivoire, the church, the church of God with which uh, this program is affiliated, that was looking for additional help and invited you to come and come alongside. Is that the story? Yes. Yeah, um, just the the areas of need here uh, where the church had asked for there to be additional support really intersected with where we felt the Lord had gifted us and given us passion. So tell me about that. What are those areas of need? Well, one of the areas um, has been to help train young leaders, lay leaders or pastors in the church. 
And so Jenny and I, we help teach at the West African Bible Institute, also uh, in, we call it IBAO. Uh, so we have been able to, uh, in our first term when we were here, we've been able to help teach some classes. And so that's one of the passions that we're called to, um, to is to train young leaders uh, within the church. And the other area of our uh, calling has been to help bring a partnership in the Church of God wherever we serve. Uh, so with the North American Church and the church in Cote d'Ivoire. And one of the ways that we've been able to do that uh, has been through the Children of Promise program. It's a child's sponsorship program uh, through the Church of God and where we have a sponsor in the uh, in North America who would sponsor a child here in Cote d'Ivoire. And... Uh, the program was launched in September of 2016, and we've already seen how that has brought hope into uh, uh, the lives of children and their families, their communities, and the church as well. Because here in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, there's a lot of economic struggle and disadvantage relative to the Western and developed world, we might say. And so Children of Promise helps provide material and spiritual resources for children who otherwise might not be able to go to school or have sufficient nutrition or have the opportunity to pursue new dreams in life. Is that fair? And what you're describing is a process, and most people are familiar with child sponsorship programs where someone abroad agrees to pay a, a sum each month to provide for that child. They kind of adopt that way. I think one thing about Jonah Promise that's so dynamic and exciting in a place like this is it works through local churches, so there are not... Uh, foreign staff, as it were, uh, helping to intersect with the children, but the local churches, the local Ivorian believers, uh, become the channel through which the children are cared for and reached, and that is a really powerful community-building tool. And I'm hearing you say that you help facilitate that. Yes. And it's a great, great program. And there may be someone listening today who would like to know how they could be a part of that. And we want to give you a number to call before this broadcast ends, and you could change a life just through that one way. As you're describing, you know, education, expanding, again, the horizons and the opportunities and, and uh, development of this country at so many levels, uh, and doing it for spiritual purposes. You're not just here to do good. You're here to do good in Jesus' name. I have to believe that there are moments when you just have pause to wonder, what am I doing here? Or it's hard, or the dust season, which we're in right now, is, is not quite so beautiful as other seasons of the year when all the vegetation is fresh and green. Right now there's a lot of dust on the plants and so on. It's just a dry season. Finding just the right food or as you said, what happens when my child gets sick and how do I get the med medical attention my child needs? All of those things. It's no small thing to move to a place like this. And I want to ask you, what anchors you and, and how do you hold steady through the mountaintops and the valleys in a world far, far from both of your original homes as I journey through this foreign land, I need your help. I need to understand the life that you've given to me. Lord, help me to see it in 
If you grow up in one part of the world and are called, literally called to live in another part of the world, there are some real rewards for the adventure. Some great dynamics uh, of experience that could not otherwise be known and so many things that can speak positively about such a call. But there are also some challenges and adaptations, probably some fears about what to do next. And I'm going to guess some experience where you just wonder, I don't know what to do because the world where you live is not 
fully within your grasp like you are at home where you know just who to call and what to do. And so you find yourself, well, in some cases, lost at sea. That's just my guess. I've never done that. I've traveled broadly but not lived outside my home country. Bobby and Jenny Masil live in Cote d'Ivoire. Bobby grew up in India. Jenny grew up in the United States. They met in India, they have married, they have two precious little children, they find themselves now in West Africa. And I was just asking them, for all the wonder and their conviction they're in the right place at the right time, what do you do when things are not easy? When there's just that whisper in your soul that says, maybe this isn't the right call for me, or it would be a lot easier if I went somewhere else, or I'm just a little afraid, born of my uncertainty about the world in which I now live. What do you do with that? How do you hold steady? Is there something that anchors you? We've definitely found some things to be challenging, but in those times, we've definitely been drawn to the Lord. And I joke saying that the Lord sent me to Africa because I'm stubborn. And so it, I can't. I don't have that opportunity to rely on things that give me false security. And so in those times, it really, we're drawn to our knees in prayer. And it really uh, helps us to um, know that the Lord is the only one on whom we can rely. And even in some of the difficult times, instead of being driven apart as a couple, it's also helped us to come together as a couple um, and look to the Lord for his guidance. We've also talked about how the prayers of, of so many um, who have sent us have been such an encouragement to us. And in those difficult times, we think of those who are praying for us and um, who are rooting us on even from afar. And that also gives us encouragement. And Bobby, what would you say? I know you mentioned to me once that uh, there was a particular passage in the scripture that is something that has really kind of come to life for you as you are here. You've, you've changed worlds twice, from India to the United States and now Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, what is that the story? What's that passage? It's one of the story that has resonated with me in the last um, three to four years has been the story of Jesus calling Peter to walk on water. That story is found in Matthew chapter 14, and if you have not heard it before, you'll know that the disciples were sailing across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus had sent them. He'd called them to take the trip. Uh, but then while they were out there, there was a, a fierce storm that threatened their lives. And in the midst of that, they saw Jesus actually walking on water by the boat. It was I'm terrifying in a different way. Yes. Is that a ghost? What? I mean, the whole scenario, the whole stage of that story is one in which the disciples don't know what to do. They're just completely paralyzed in circumstances altogether beyond their control. And then this is what the Bible says. But Jesus spoke to them at once. He's standing out in the water. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. What is it about that story, Bobby, that, that helps you? in the calling that you have assumed here? Well, in the story, when Peter saw Jesus out in the water, Peter want, wanted to be where Jesus was, but then he could only walk on water was when Jesus called him and said, come. And so that's how I feel as well, that you know Jesus has called me to go 
And then, but in the midst of that journey, there's all these storms that are scary, the unknown, what's going to happen next. And then when you think too much about it, it can, you can drown in that. And, but then Jesus immediately reaches out his hand and say, trust me. And so this story resonates because every time when there's uncertainty, things unknown, what's going to happen next, and then we look at Jesus and he's there. And that's a powerful, a powerful experience. It's not just an idea, it's an experience. Would you say having moved to Cote d'Ivoire and now have been here years, you uh, have your children here, you're establishing new relationships and friendships and, and so on. As you look at that, do you have any regrets thinking, wow, we shouldn't have done this. We do not. <laughs> it's it's been uh, a ta- there have been challenging times, but there have been many many joyful times. And do you have a sense that you're actually being used by God to bless and to give life? Is that fair to say? I, I, you know, it's easy to kind of throw phrases like that out, but would you say honestly that's what you feel? Yes, and I think that um, the work that the Lord has placed us in here is one that encourages us with what, what we can see with what the Lord has done. So it's fulfilling in fulfilling the call, but it's also fulfilling for us personally. What would you say to someone who's listening today who has two questions? The first is, I'm not really sure that the whole Jesus deal is a real deal. <laughs> is that just a story people talk about? I, they're listening to you so authentically sharing your faith and your you're walking with this Jesus. But what would you say to someone who's hearing that and saying, I don't know that I'm there or how could I get there? And the second question being, and if I got there, what if he asked me to move to another place or to release me from my comfort zone? I'm afraid of that. And so all those things tumble together. What would you say to someone who's wrestling as they're listening today? First, I think that we would say, try, have just the faith of a mustard seed and try it, because I don't think that anyone who really has faith and tries following and seeking the Lord will be disappointed. Uh, And I think that a lot of times we have this idea that missionaries are these people of great faith and, you know, they start out as these wonderful people, but really I think it's the experience of following the Lord that brings us to those places of faith. Um, we're just two ordinary people, an Indian guy named Bob and a girl from the uh, West Coast, and we're we're just trying to follow the Lord in all that we're doing. And uh, it's it can be a challenge when we've been called out of our, our comfort zone, um, but there's adventure in that. A lot of times I think that we might see Christianity uh, or people in the church as people who have to follow these rules, but instead um, we live a life of freedom because we have this opportunity to follow the adventures that the Lord leaves us on. So seeing it more as an adventure rather than you know a requirement of what we have to do, um, it's somewhat of a perspective and, it, and our perspective changes as we have just that tiny seed of faith to follow him. It's a little bit like stepping out of the boat, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Uh, The faith grows as you take a chance, take the risk. And even in that journey of Peter, he, he had a moment of doubt out there in the water and began to sink a bit, but famously uh, learned, if I just stay focused on Jesus, I can do things I never thought possible. We're so proud to be with you, uh, Bobby and Jenny. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your work here, your commitment and your ministry. And uh, I want to invite everyone who's listening to this program today to just take a pause with us as we're seated on a veranda, uh, the sweet sound of a bird singing, and the amazing sight of Bobby and Jenny's 
little son, Sammy, prowling about on the tile, a hands of boy. As we're here, just take a deep breath with us wherever you are in life, because you may not ever be called to Cote d'Ivoire. You may never be called to leave your home, but all of us know what it is to have storms, to have challenges, and to have dares, the dare of heaven. I want to ask you, just take a minute and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know every one of us by name. Not one of us here by chance, and not one of us tuned into this program by chance. We're thankful for the work in Cote d'Ivoire, for your people in this country that are pouring their lives out so that others might live. And we're thankful for Bobby and Jenny and their family and their commitment to be here and be alongside. We thank you for the ministry of Children of Promise and the West Africa Bible Institute and for all the ways in which uh, the mission here helps enrich and make life better for Jesus' sake. We're thankful for the way in which Jesus walks alongside and brings life. And for everyone who's listening today, Lord, I pray that you will move in their hearts, that they also will have courage, that their hearts and eyes and ears will be open to the prompting of your Spirit. If there's anyone listening who does not know Jesus, draw them, Lord, to your Son. If there's anyone listening who does know Jesus, draw them deeper into your call. If there's anyone listening who has a calling but is afraid, Lord, draw them deeper into faith and courage. And for all of us, Lord, May the world be better because we walked in it. May we be better because we've been transformed and made new in Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, having heard Bobby and Jenny and their story, you might think, well, I'd love to sponsor a child there in Cote d'Ivoire, just as they've described. We want to help you build that bridge. Maybe you'd like to just learn more about the work in Cote d'Ivoire, or maybe you'd like to know more about the Jesus that has called them to Cote d'Ivoire. Whatever your question, whatever your comment, whatever you're reaching for, we want to hear from you. You can do that by giving us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're right by the phone. A member of our CBH Viewpoint team will pick up that phone and be glad to speak with you. Here's the number, toll free, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free. If you prefer, just check us out online. Our web address, CBH, that's Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can also send us an email, and we will reply. Or at the last, if you prefer, just write me a letter. Use the post office. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you reach out by phone, online, or by the post, please, let us hear from you this week. Bobby and Jenny, thank you so much once more for joining us on the veranda today. Oh, and Sammy, can you say hi? He's not sure, but I promise you there's a grin from ear to ear. We are so glad to have you in our company. Thank you. Before we go, would you give us a blessing in first French and then in Kasi? How about that? Jenny, go for the French. Que Dieu vous bénisse. Kasi, it's oublie un curcouille And these blessings translated in English would say, May God bless you. We are so glad you joined us too, and we hope you'll be with us again next week as we bring you another Viewpoint on Expedition in Cote d'Ivoire. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.